Hello and welcome to La Liga Lowdown with our first World Cup match preview podcast. You may have heard Tom Harris and Paco Pollitt talking through the preview of the whole tournament. But here we are. I'm Sam Leverage and I'm joined by Roman de Arquer. We're going to talk about Spain's first match up against Costa Rica, a team that Spain have never lost against. Roman, what are your expectations, your thoughts for Spain in this competition and particularly this first game to get us kicked off and I mean how are the nerves the excitement I mean how do you feel well definitely looking forward to this really special event and uh, it's not often we get to watch these exciting games like for example the one we recently saw between Argentina and Saudi Arabia where the unexpected took place and I mean I hope that doesn't happen in the Spain game to be honest although it's true that Spain does tend to struggle a bit when it comes to uh, starting off in the first game of the group stages in the World Cup and and Euros etc so um, I don't think it's going to be a relatively comfortable game for Spain because we know that Costa Rica is probably the counter is not going to open too many spaces and we also know that Spain tends to struggle quite a lot to, to open up spaces sometimes so in that sense I do see maybe Spain getting a win but by 2-0 by 1-0 something of a short scoreline we could say because uh, I, th- I think it will just be a bit hard for them uh, like it tends to be although it can also happen the opposite way around where Spain scores 3-4-5 because I mean the quality is there you know the squad is is way superior to Costa Rica's and as you said we've never lost against them but uh, it is a World Cup and, and you know smaller teams tend to uh, be more feisty and fight harder to, to try and get uh, good results even if it's at one point and a draw and I mean, we'll kind of touch on this now, but you mentioned about kind of Spain's attacking line. It might not be a high-scoring affair. I mean, there are doubts about Alvaro Morata's fitness. It looks like he will start, but what are you expecting from that front line? I mean, Ansu Fati was pretty good. Marco Asensio has been in good form with four assists in his last five games for Spain. I mean, what are we expecting to see from Luis Enrique in that attacking third? Well, I... I mean, in terms of the lineup, it's it's hard to predict with Luis Enrique. I mean, he he could easily play Sarabia, he could easily play uh, Marcos Asensio. Although I think that if Alvaro Morata is fine, uh, he he probably will be starting. Uh, then also, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ansu Fati starting, given you know he scored the other day. Uh, he seems to have more confidence, and he can be quite a differential player. And the question for me is is on the other wing, whether we'll see Ferran Torres or maybe even Asensio or somebody else. Uh, but uh, definitely there are options in attack. But uh, as I said before, you know, Spain sometimes struggles to break down those those little spaces. They, they need a bit of time to get rolling. And I mean, I think they'll eventually manage against Costa Rica, but it might not be as easy uh, as many would think. But we'll have to see. I mean, Spain, as I said, has the quality. Luis Enrique, we know, is, is really focused on motivating its players and and going to make sure that they are aware that this is a tough first game and they have to give 100%. So uh, with the right attitude, maybe they could uh, easily get a good result. So we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, and I mean, another one of the big decisions that, that Luis Enrique might have to make is in defence, isn't it? I mean, I think... Emelec Laporte is pretty much nailed on to start, but who partners mm-hmm. him is is up in the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pau Torres, Eric Garcia, both kind of vying for that spot. I mean, you're a Barca fan, so maybe you're a little bit biased towards Eric, but I mean, who would you pick out of those two? <laughs> well, I actually prefer Pau Torres. I'm, I'm quite a Pau fan, to be honest. Uh, and 
It's true that he hasn't had such a great season as maybe uh, last year with Villarreal. He's been a bit more discreet in that sense, even though Villarreal started off really strong defensively, to be fair. Uh, so, I mean, individually, he didn't maybe shine as much, but uh, as, a, as a whole with uh, the four at the back in Villarreal, they've been doing really well with Pau Torres. And so, I mean, I, I honestly would probably pick Pau before him. Also, Eddie Garcia was uh, injured uh, before at the World Cup, so he didn't have too much uh, game time. So I don't know how his fitness is gonna is gonna be. But like you said, Laporte will definitely be the other option. Who's gonna start with with one of those two? And the fullbacks, I mean, are pretty clear with Jordi Alba and Carvajal. And I mean, the, the main doubt is there. You know whether uh, he plays Eddie Garcia or Pau Torres, and then up front whether he makes a few changes because the midfield, I think, uh, we all know what it's gonna be. So it's a good question just to really. I'm looking forward to seeing which the, what the answer is, you know, because I, I'm quite curious to see what Luis Enrique picks. But I would probably pick Pau, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes for Eric because he's always uh, shown that he trusts him a lot. And, and Eric has kind of been saving himself in those last few games with Barca. So uh, he could have his options for sure. And then one question, I think we both know the answer. I don't think it's likely, but could Luis Enrique possibly have one eye on the Spain versus Germany game coming up later in the week? I mean, Obviously, they can't afford to drop points in this first game, but will he possibly be tempted to save some of his key players for that game against Germany, which does look like, on paper at least, that will be the game that will decide who goes through in the first place? Yeah, I mean, it would be a fair assessment, but... Enrique is going to go guns blazing, you know, he's going to put his best 11 forward and try and get a good result and of course if they manage to get some early goals and maybe uh, have a comfortable result 60 minutes into the game or something like that he can begin to rest some more thinking about that Germany game uh, but to be fair Germany haven't been that incredible either recently so I mean I don't really see them being as much as a threat as they used to be back in the past although it is Germany in the end and they can uh, of course, uh, surprise you and play really well. But uh, I think uh, Luis Enrique will go game by game, Cholo Simeone style, you know, and he'll focus on getting good results in one game and then going to the next one. Yeah, especially after Euro 2020, when I mean, those first two games against Sweden and Poland led to two draws and they had it all to play for in that final game. So maybe Luis Enrique will have learned from that. So let's head over then and we'll hear a little bit more about Costa Rica. And we spoke to some of the guys of the Rica football podcast to hear a bit more about them and what Spain can expect to face on Wednesday afternoon. So here we are. I'm joined by some of the team from the Rica football podcast, one of our leading English language knowledge experts on Costa Rica. And first off, I'm joined by Ellie Manville. So, I mean, Ellie. This World Cup has already sprung up some surprises, and we'll get onto that in part two of the podcast. But do Costa Rica believe? I mean, is there a chance that they could surprise Spain, just like Switzerland did back in 2010 as Spain went on to win? But could they shock Spain and maybe get the result that nobody is quite expecting of them here? I believe they can definitely win this game against Spain. You know, earlier this morning, we saw one of the biggest football upsets ever. Costa Rica have done it before, so they can definitely do it again. You know, they've knocked out Italy out of the 2014 World Cup, ending their campaign early. And I think they should use that as confidence. Why can't they do it again? I'm not saying it will be easy for Costa Rica in this group. We have Germany and Spain and Japan. 
but they shouldn't they should definitely have belief that they can do it and they should be determined and confident that if they are definitely capable of doing this anything can happen in the 90 minutes on that pitch now costa rica aren't an unknown quantity for spanish football fans i mean players like Keylor navas obviously had a very impressive spell at levante and real madrid joel campbell at real betis i mean who else should Spain fans and Spanish football fans in general be looking at in this Costa Rica team that could pose a threat to Luis Enrique's side? I think Spain should definitely look out for the 18-year-old youngster, Jurisson Bennett. Bennett's game-changing speed coming up the left wing is something Spain needs to be wary of and how this will help Costa Rica play counter-attacking football. He has two goals already in seven appearances. Amaral's better to showcase your football. Then in the World Cup, it's the perfect opportunity for this star boy to present all his skills. So, there we have it. That's what we can expect from Spain against Costa Rica on Wednesday afternoon. Some surprises in store from the Spanish team. We could even see Rodri slit into the Spanish central defence. He's been training there in midweek as Luis Enrique prepares his team. And they will be wearing an all-red kit, including red shorts. There are emergency meetings with FIFA held this week because FIFA are pretty adamant that they want Spain to wear all-red, including the shorts, not the Adidas kit with navy blue shorts that was presented because they play against Costa Rica with navy blue shorts, against Germany with black shorts, and then against Japan with navy blue shorts. So FIFA are insisting that Spain wear all red through their group stage at least, so we may not see the full Spain kit as presented by Adidas until at least the knockout stages if they make it that far. And that hasn't exactly gone down too well with Spain. But let's see if the rest of our predictions come off. Thank you to the guys from the Tika Football Podcast, and we can see whether Costa Rica could be surprising maybe Germany or Japan and joining Spain in the last 16 if La Roja do make it through. So stay tuned for part two. We'll be talking about more than just short colours and potential team selections, but also about coaches who have turned into streamers and some shock results in some of the opening games of the World Cup as well. So stay tuned. todos. Streamers del mundo, apartaros que voy cuesta abajo y sin frenos. Grabo este vídeo para anunciaros que me he hecho streamer. Bueno, no me he hecho streamer porque esto es un vídeo, todavía no he debutado. Pero mi intención es streamer a lo largo de, del tiempo que estemos en Qatar, en Doha. Llegamos el día 18 de madrugada, con lo cual creo que podré empezar a streamear ese mismo día. 
Es una idea que parte de una manera un poco descabellada, pero que entiendo que puede ser muy interesante. So, welcome back to part two of our podcast, where we will be talking about the rest of the action at the World Cup, starting off with one thing which I don't think either of us expected to be talking about, which is Luis Enrique, the streamer, Roman. I mean, did you see this coming? What have you made of Luis Enrique's debut on, on the online channels? I, I was quite surprised to see that uh, Luis Enrique decided to, to go all in with the streaming Instagram account. You know, he's posting photos, stories, reels, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that honestly wasn't something... I expected from Luis Enrique, but he also has been pretty critical with the press uh, recently and he doesn't like sometimes what they kind of publish and say about him. So it kind of feels like he wanted to get his own input of what the fans are thinking and have a direct uh, contact with him. And I think it's very innovative in a way because we don't often see this from a club manager or, or a country or national team manager etc uh, so in that sense i think it's pretty new and i think it works pretty well i've actually been watching all his streams uh, and honestly it's, it's really interesting to see what because he he opens up a lot he's a very honest person i don't think he holds back much he doesn't care about saying what he thinks and, and what he believes is right or wrong so uh, in that sense it was it's pretty interesting he gives some interesting uh, quotes for for the press also to to make use of later on And I mean, it's definitely something different. And I hope he keeps on doing this because uh, the fans will connect better with him, with the national squad, and will, will understand a bit better how things work, work inside a, a national team. Yeah, I think it ties in nicely to his kind of whole team unit, us against them kind of atmosphere that he likes to build. And, and it takes the attention away from the players, right? I mean, this week, I don't think I've seen a single headline about Eric Garcia and whether he's good enough for Spain or why... <laughs> Alejandro Volde was the wrong choice at left back or True. anything. It's all about Luis Enrique. And, and that's kind of very much what he <laughs> likes to do, isn't it? Kind of be the center of attention and distract away from the criticism of his players. And I mean, we saw it a little bit in Euro 2020 when Alvaro Morata was coming in for criticism and Luis Enrique kind of stuck by him and said, it's my decision, I stick with him and, and you should blame me, not him, if he doesn't score. So I think this is kind of the extension of that. I don't think anybody expected to see him posting Instagram stories and posing and... <laughs> and everything but yeah. football is is full of surprises uh, I de yeah i definitely think that uh, one of the reasons to the attention of, of the players like you said you know because um uh, there has been a lot of criticism towards luis enrique on social media etc so he is the guy that people like to go and attack and i think he kind of prefers that you know that rather they start talking about like you said eric and, and all the other guys so uh that's uh, definitely one of one of the aspects or angles he was looking for because he he's that kind of guy who thinks about these things Yeah, and I mean, speaking of surprises at the World Cup, I think we had the biggest one involving a few La Liga players as Saudi Arabia beat Argentina on, on Tuesday. I mean, a few different La Liga players in there, Rodrigo de Paul, Nawal Molina, who are more than used to disappointing defeats this season with Atletico Madrid, Apo Gomez of, of Sevilla. I mean, what did you make of Argentina? They've been one of the favourites going into the competition, but... I mean, that was a, a real shock, wasn't it? It was definitely a shock. Although, in my opinion, I thought there was maybe just too much hype around Argentina. I mean, they have had good games. They, they do have Messi in, in a good moment. But, I mean, if you look at their squad individually, they have decent players, but they don't have the best team there is out there. And, I mean, the first half, they, they looked quite good. They had their chances. They had, I think, three disallowed 
uh, goals for offside, uh, even though the penalty for me was quite doubtful. Uh, but then, you know, the second half, they just kind of maybe came out convinced they were going to win this game and get the next few goals they needed. But it's just uh, changed completely in, in a matter of five minutes where Saudi Arabia got those two really important goals and, and shocked everyone because they kept running, they kept defending, they kept pressing and they were really consistent at the back. The goalkeeper had a great performance and Argentina were just lacking so much creativity and the La Liga players particularly, they were uh, maybe the poorer ones we could say in the squad because the Paolo wasn't good, Acuna coming on wasn't great either, Molina as you, you said didn't have a good game, Papu Gomez in the first half was okay but then kind of also deflated a bit. So it was, it was a bit of a very disappointing performance from Argentina. But at the same time, I think it brings them back down to reality. And I think now they're aware that uh, they really need to start outperforming themselves from the next game onwards because, I mean, there's really not much room for more. You know, they have to win yes or yes in the next game. Yeah, I mean, Rodrigo de Pauli touched on it there. He lost the ball more than any other player in that game and also had the highest number of unsuccessful passes. So not great from him, but I mean... It kind of remind me a little bit of Spain against Switzerland back in 2010 when there was that shock win for Switzerland and everybody was yeah. saying that, that Spain were, were down and out already. But another another La Liga player and one that you're a big fan of as a Barcelona fan is Frenkie de Jong and he kind of stood out in the Netherlands and their 2-0 <laughs> win over Senegal. I mean, he's been in pretty good form lately. What did you make of, of his performance in that one? And do you think this could be the platform to kind of re-establish him back at Barcelona under Xavi? Yeah, well, I mean, of late at Barca, he has been really good, to be honest. Frankie's kind of maybe got reached his peak form up until now with Xavi. And I think that he's going to be capable of, of, sorry, of reflecting that uh, with the Netherlands. And I mean, he had a good first game. Maybe uh, it took him a bit to get into rhythm. But, uh, well, in general, the Netherlands uh, struggled a bit to get past uh, Senegal's uh, strong defence. But uh, once they started... Going forward, you could see him more comfortable. And, of course, he gave the assist uh, for that uh, crucial goal uh, that broke the deadline, the deadlock. And, I mean, from there on, Frankie had a, had a good performance overall. With the Netherlands, you can always see that he's pretty comfortable. He has that freedom in that midfield, you know, to, to go back, to pick up the ball, to go forward, uh, to do a bit of everything. So, I think uh, having a, a good performance in the World Cup will definitely help him stay confident and even improve and hopefully uh, he won't get injured or anything like that and we can have the best Frankie the Young when, when the World Cup is over. Yeah, exactly that. So we'll keep an eye out for that and stay tuned as well because we will be back later in the week with analysis of Spain against Costa Rica as well as the other action. Plenty of La Liga stars in action over the course of the week. On Wednesday, we have Luka Modric's Croatia who take on Morocco. We also have Germany-Japan in the other game in Spain's group in Group E. And then Belgium-Canada, which will, of course, involve the likes of Eden Hazard, Yannick Carrasco, Axel Witzel. And, of course, Roberto Martinez, a Spanish coach, one of several at the World Cup. So, Roman, best of luck to Spain up against Costa Rica. Hope you'll be celebrating on Wednesday evening. And Hope make so. sure you're staying tuned to our, our Substack, llonline.substack.com. And also on Twitter, at La Liga Lowdown, for all the latest from the World Cup and from Spanish football as well. Thanks for listening. Se colaba y metió el cuerpo el Cuti Romero. Otra vez el esférico para los gol, 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 la labia, gol. Altausari, gol. Altausari, 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 gol, golazo, 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 
metió la mano, parecía que la desviaba el guardameta Martínez, no ha sido así, se coló a la izquierda de la portería de Argentina, Marcarabia el segundo, marca Altausori, Argentina 1, Arabia 2, sorpresa en el estadio Lusail, en este inicio del grupo C para Argentina. Ojo que puede estar ahora mismo cociéndose, ya es sorpresa, a ver lo que pasa al final, una de las sorpresas del Mundial y de saque para Argentina.